Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, October the 10th. Almost forgot the date there. And I'm joined once again by Matt Suggs, who, Matt, have you replaced Zach Henson? I don't know. He's not on vacation this week. He's just um, he's just out. Very busy. Very busy. Uh, I guess you know. I guess we're using two bye weeks this season, so I'm I'm looking forward to using my two at some point. But uh, I'm expecting Zach next week, right? I would I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach uh, was at Disney World, Disneyland, Disney World last week with uh, with Winnie Kate, who pretty much a Disney princess, right? Like if there was like a Cookville version of a Disney princess, it'd be Winnie Kate. Yeah, I mean, I think they have they have completely raised her to um she's she's a princess for life now yeah that's kind of how it should be and so I, I think you know she was having the time of her life last week so we totally understand zach and sarah you know coming back from vacation i'm sure they had a ton of work to catch up on so no zach this week but happy to have you back matt glad to be back so episode 96 we're getting really close to the 100 episode uh but just we have a bunch of these right now 96s probably the most we've had for a single number which is a good thing um, but I want to just go ahead and get all these knocked out before, uh, you know, before we let this episode go too long and Kevin White loses interest. <laughs> yeah, true. Hey, we were under an hour last week, so exactly. He can he can be so, happy. Feedback noted, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, first ninety six that came to mind though, and this was just for me, probably not for you, Matt, seeing as you're not a fan of the Vols. But Derek Barnett, one of the best you know, interior, not even interior, he's an edge rusher, linebackers to come out of Tennessee uh, ever. And he was drafted 14th overall in 2017, broke Reggie White's college career stat record, or sack record, I should say, at the University of Tennessee, 33 sacks. Uh, Where's number 96 for the Eagles. He was also born in 1996, so a lot of 96. Uh, He just had five sacks as a rookie, but his biggest play came in the Super Bowl uh, he had that sack fumble late in the fourth quarter, basically wrapped up the Eagles' first Super Bowl win. Yeah, he's that's a that's a good choice, especially for the uh, all the orange, big orange fans around here. Yeah, we have a lot in our league, so I figured I would yep. give a little nod to Barnett. Um, this next one here, and Zach, I'm sorry, did it again. Matt, that's one. That's one. That's one. Yeah, keep a tally. I think this one, Matt. This one should be probably the best 96 of all time, regardless of sport. This is a hockey player, which we don't get to use a lot. But Charlie Conway, do you know who the Charlie Conway is? Please tell me you do. Charlie Conway. All right. Um, that's a movie. That's a movie. Yes. That's Charlie a, Conway. That's Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Mighty, exactly. He was the heart and soul of the Mighty Ducks under head coach Gordon Bombay. Uh, man. <laughs> What do you say about Charlie Conway? I mean, the guy, he made the game-winning penalty shot at the end of regulation to win the state championship. That was in the first movie, D1. Uh, and then I remember in D2, he became kind of a diva, right? I think he was, yeah. trying, to, he was trying to set up uh, Emilio Estevez with his, with his divorced mom. The whole storyline was really strange. Uh, all, all I remember about D2, D2 was the one with the knuckle puck, right? Yes, exactly. That's what I remember. Yep. Have you seen, you know, the guy that plays the goalie in that movie – uh, what was his name? Uh, Goldberg. Hmm. I saw a picture of that actor recently, like all strung out on meth or something. Oh my goodness. He looks so bad, man. Sad days, sad but, days for, for our children's movies. Yeah, but Hey, even sadder, maybe this is sadder than being a meth user, but <laughs> the guy who played Charlie Conway went on to star in Dawson's Creek and we haven't forgiven Conway since. So he also started in the show fringe, which is one of my favorite shows. Of all time. Did you say Friends? Fringe. F-R-I-N-G-E. Friends is a great show as well. I've never heard of Fringe. Well, look it up. It was fantastic. Next 96 here. This goes without saying. The 1996 Summer Olympics. He's oh. hosted, hosted famously in Atlanta. Was this the last Olympics that have been in the United States? I don't think so. There was one more, right? I, don't, I can't remember one since. When was Los Angeles? Was that 2000-something? Didn't they have a Winter Olympics? Uh, Denver? No, I think you're right. Yeah, it may have been the last one, but the 96 Olympics, really close to home for us, probably, what, three and a half, four hours away. Uh, what do you remember? I mean, I was too young. I was three, four, 
What do you remember about the 96 Olympics? Salt Lake City was an 02, by the way. We'll throw that out there. But that was Winter Olympics, so it doesn't count, right? No. Uh, 96 Olympics. I remember, um, I remember the U.S. dominated the 96 Olympics. I remember that there was a bombing yep. at the 96 Olympics. And didn't Turner Field open in 96? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is the 96 Olympics really helped birth Turner Field, of course, because that was like the center stage for the Olympics that year. And then the Georgia Dome, I think, was technically built in 89, but it had all along it had the upcoming Olympics in mind. Um, so it really helped birth those two stadiums. And then it, It's hard to believe that Turner Field lasted as – short of a time as it lasted say i was just about to say that turner field and the georgia dome both gone already yeah so i just seems so strange but um i I, was nancy kerrigan was that also the 96 olympics no that's winter oh winter you're right good call yeah um the yokoi river uh koei river too in chattanooga that was didn't they have the whitewater rapid events there uh i think so yeah yeah, so the 96 Olympics, this is, I'm telling you, this is like the perfect episode for Zach to have been on, and it's a shame that he's not here because Zach, a big fan of Atlanta and Turner Field, obviously, uh, and then the 1996 Chicago Bulls, uh, famously the greatest basketball team ever assembled, 96 Chicago Bulls team. Um, you could, you know, obviously people can make the case now that the Golden State Warriors still have the best team of all time, mm-hmm. but that 96 Bulls team, Matt, First team to 72 wins. They were 72 and 10, and they started 37 and 0 at home, which is just insane. Uh, both of those records took exactly 20 seasons to be broken. And like I mentioned, the Warriors did it in 2016. Um, what do you remember about those Chicago Bulls? Were you a fan? Oh, man. I think I don't know many people that weren't a fan of the Bulls except for um, Jake. Which, of Kemp's crew. Who, who did the Bulls beat in the finals that year? Yeah, so that season, Michael Jordan was the regular season MVP and the finals MVP and helped the Bulls win their fourth title in six years. And, of course, they beat Sean Kemp and the Seattle Supersonics. May they rest in peace. I feel like this is the part where I need to play some kind of Chicago Bulls bumper. Yeah, I don't know if we have the rights to that. Of course, that's never been a problem for Zach because he will just play it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to throw a dig out there to, to Jake. It just kind of happens naturally every episode. Did you see, speaking of the supersonics, did you see, um, where they played a game at, in Seattle last week? Yes. And Kevin Durant came out wearing a Sean Kemp Jersey. I thought that was weak personally. Yeah. Like if you're going to wear that, you should have just stayed with the thunder, you know? I, I didn't, I didn't like him leaving anyway when he left and the way he did it went to golden state. I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, but yeah, those, those jerseys are cool though. You got to give it that. That was a, that was a, that was kind of a mean take there. He was, he was, that was a goodwill gesture on Kevin Durant's part, right? I didn't see it that way personally. I'm just not a KD guy. Oh, okay. Okay. I understand going to the super team to win the title. Um, that's the opposite. Are you a LeBron fan? Uh, yeah, I like LeBron. He's all right. I, did, I didn't like when he went to Miami. I wasn't a fan of that. But, I mean, definitely going to the Lakers is not going to the super team. No, it's like it's the opposite. Well, I'm excited about it. Well, we'll save this for the NBA podcast. Um, (laughs) Last 96 here, at least for me, I know you probably have one as well, Matt, but uh, Campbell Ball, founded in 1996 by Kelly Campbell famously and is the name for our fantasy football league, or at least what we're we're named after. Um, When was the first time you played Campbell Ball, Matt? Can you remember? Um, it was a while. I went to Campbell Ball a few times, but I, I never played at Kelly's house. Uh, the first time I played was at Zach's. Uh, it was probably 2006. I don't know. It's probably been. I mean, I know I have a picture of Ethan as an infant playing Campbell Ball, so I've been there a long time. But right, uh, man, this would have been a perfect episode for Zach to be on. I you know. Stop editing pictures and get on here and answer some questions, man. Well, we we couldn't miss Campbell Ball though. In 1996, that was yeah. the year it was founded, and it's. I mean, it's essentially why we have a fantasy football league. Yeah, I saw Kelly today. Actually, we he was at a funeral in Cookville, and uh, and he spoke at it, and it was he was awesome. Kelly's always great. Do you have a 96, Matt? Uh, well, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon. Christian Kirk, Juju Smith-Schuster, all born in 1996. 
Wow, I feel old for the first and time ever. That makes me feel remarkably old. So, yeah, ninety six. And right, Derek Barnett. And Derek Barnett, like we mentioned. Uh, let's let's wrap up here real quickly, Matt. I'm assuming the funeral wasn't, but what was the best part of your week? You know, I was trying to think all day about the best part of my week, and this week was. Um, it's just kind of been one of those weeks, man. We've just kind of gone every day. Um, it's that's it's. I haven't had anything just stand out that's been super special. Just hung out with my family some. Um, Micah is starting to walk a lot faster, so we've been taking walks outside. And but I, I don't have anything dramatic that stands out. How about you? I uh, just got back from a trip. Went to Knoxville with uh, with Brandy, the fiance. We. Yeah, uh, went and just, I mean, not really explored. I mean, it's, you know, it's Knoxville. Like we've, we've been there several times before, but we went and saw a concert last night at the BG theater. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a good, I really, I mean, it was great being with Brandy of course, but I needed some time away from work and from uh, my, my roommate, I would say I needed some space. So it was nice to uh, get out of the house a little bit, uh, all jokes aside and, uh, and get out of town. It was, it was just nice just to kind of travel. Um, but as is the case with a lot of people's jobs, you know, when you take three days off from work, when you come back, it's not like people have been working your job for you. It all kind of piles up. And so I'm a little scared to see my inbox tomorrow. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yep. So, Hey, let's move on here and take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Matt, before we start with the injuries, which I know we generally that's what we spend our most time talking about when we go around the league. Wanted to mention this is the biggest story of, of week five, I would say, but Drew Brees breaks Peyton Manning's passing yards record. Um, the record was 71,940 and of course was broken during the second quarter of the Saints blowout win over the Redskins on Monday night football. And the record actually came on a 62-yard touchdown to rookie receiver Traquan Smith, who, a little pro tip, is a free agent in CMB right now. So if you want to go pick him up, he's, he's there for the taking. Hmm. Uh, Matt, were you watching this game live, and, and have you seen the highlights from, from Drew Brees' big night? I've seen the highlights. I, wasn't, I was watching. I had it on, but I wasn't watching it. So it, it was a blowout. It wasn't anything right. exciting to watch. Yeah, and so Drew Brees, he's on pace to break a lot of records, really. I mean, he already has the record for completion percentage. He's neck and neck right now with Tom Brady. To They both have a good chance of breaking Peyton's touchdown record of 539. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady, he just threw his 500 touchdown pass, and Brees is now at 499. So uh, in this pass-heavy league run now, these two could break this, uh, I wouldn't say this year, but next season for sure. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing that five of the top ten passing yards leaders are still playing in the league. Amazing. Current right now. I mean, it's, it goes without saying, but Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be a shame if he didn't. Uh, let's, let's move into the injuries, though. Not as many as last week, fortunately, around the league, but there were a couple of big names here. First one, most notably, Jay Ajayi, who was a member of East Coast Wombats in our league, tears his ACL and was placed on IR by Philly on Monday and then was swiftly dropped by ECW. Um, this would be bigger news, I would say. I mean, it's big news when a player tears an ACL. It's obviously terrible, but no pun intended. But uh, being in a backfield like Philly's where there's like – it's kind of like Seattle. There's like six running backs, and you're never really sure who's getting the line share of the carries each week. Uh, this would have been bigger news had it not been in a situation like that, but uh, Ajayi done for the year. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt ECW that much. Um, I mean, they still have Carlos Hyde, and they still have Adrian Peterson to go with Saquon Barkley. So it's a good they're, – they're still set up pretty good. Another running back who has been injured pretty much this entire season, this is Devontae Freeman of Isaiah 4031. A new injury. You know, he had the MCL uh, the last couple of weeks, but he has a bone contusion in his foot and is considered doubtful according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. So Freeman probably going to miss another week. And fortunately for me, I have Tevin Coleman, the handcuff. Uh, Unfortunately for Jordan, he has Ito Smith, who probably will be a fringe player uh, in in Freeman's absence. But he's he's been out pretty much all season so far. Have you tried to trade that handcuff yet? I've tried. (laughs) It's funny you should mention that. I tried really hard a couple of weeks ago, and – wasn't really denied, and that's, I think, what sparked the trade etiquette conversation that Zach and I had. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah. 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 You don't so, say anything else. We've, we've tried. I'll say that. We, we had a little, uh, little back and forth, but that was about it. Um, so next one here, another running back. Actually, the next two here, running backs, both for H&F. So kind of when it rains, it pours here for those guys. But Matt Breida of H&F, ankle injury. Um, I, I don't believe – he's not scheduled to practice tomorrow and he's considered doubtful according to head coach Kyle Shanahan. So when the head coach says a player is doubtful, I would assume they're out. Uh, and so it's just, it's been rough for H and F with, with, you know, their top running back and Jarek McKinnon, who I believe was their second round pick out before the season even started. Breed of the handcuff now probably going to be out this week as well. And of course they don't have the other handcuff, Alfred Morris, who is on uh, Kemp's crew. And so, uh, like I said, when it rains, it pours Dalvin cook of H and F who they traded for, and gave up Saquon Barkley, like we've mentioned a few times already. He has not played for H&F yet. Uh, he's got a hamstring injury that has kept him out. was limited in practice on Wednesday, but is actually on track to return against Arizona. Matt, do you think it's going to take a few weeks before we can really find out, you know, if Cook is, is 100% with these hamstring injuries? And uh, what, what's your evaluation of the trade so far? Uh, it's a trade curse. It's a Dalvin Cook trade curse. Yeah. He should have called me before he made that trade, but um, I did. Did you see the Saquon Barkley play where he leapt into the end zone and the way he hit the ground on that? Yes. Uh, man, when he hit the ground, I thought, he's, he's torn it. He's torn something. Man. Right. And he was okay, but uh, as soon as I saw that, I, I kind of winced a little bit. But H&F just pulled off a trade for Latavius Murray, right? Yeah, so I, I don't think they're hurting too badly, but, again, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's been bad luck for H&F so far. You got you got to think when they were watching like the play you mentioned on the on the rushing touchdown for Barkley, and then he had the touchdown uh, where Odo Beckham Jr. threw the ball across the field. Essentially, yeah. it was like a fifty-six yard passing touchdown to Barkley. You got to think you know Zach and Brian are watching that and just shaking their head at the trade they made a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, and it could pan out. Dalvin Cook, he was great before he got injured last year, so who knows. Another big name running back and another hamstring injury. This is Leonard Fournette of Big Orange Bullies. It's actually – so he hasn't played in two weeks, and he is now expected to be out through their week nine bye. So uh, I think Fournette was Chase's back-end pick, so the 15th overall pick in our league. But, you know, expected to be out at least another four weeks. He's missed, you know, two or three already. So I, I don't know if Fournette is cursed, but he's been pretty injured throughout his uh, – you know, first season and a half or so. Yeah, and that one hurts for big orange bullies. That one hurts a lot because going all the way through week 10 with uh, Melvin Gordon and Sean McCoy and no real good backup behind them. Melvin Gordon's doing well, but that's going to be tough. I don't, I don't like to, you know, predict injuries or cheer at injuries, but I will say a little selfishly, it is nice to look at fantasy numbers and not see a whole lot of production for Leonard Fournette. And not because, you know, I'm a Titans fan, but as soon as the Jaguars picked Leonard Fournette, I famously within my friend group said that he was not going to be a good NFL player. And technically so far, I have uh, not been wrong. So, yep, and it's only been because of injuries, because when he plays, he's, he's strong, but he's hurt a lot. Yeah, we'll forget about that. Uh, let's move on to, uh, to our league. We'll take a trip around CMB. Don't believe we have a bumper for that. But, Matt, let's recap real quickly here. Week five. I'm assuming the all-pro team was just insane from this past week. Actually, it was lower. It was lower this week. Okay. It's the uh, Mitchell Trubisky effect. Right. So you can start at quarterback and know why it's lower. Aaron Rodgers, number one, 36 points as opposed to, what, 59 last week. Right. Um, strong side, Odell Beckham Jr., 35 points for dragon injury, dragon energy. He, <laughs> it, <laughs> that was uh, – that, uh, that may actually work out in the, in the pick-em later. Freudian uh, flip. Yeah. Devontae Adams, 29 points for Kemp's crew. Todd Gurley, 34.55 points for Greg Coe. James Conner, 34.5 points for the Allman Brothers. Eric Ebron, 31.5 points for East Coast Wombats. Isaiah Crowell, 30.1 points for IDP Still Suck. And the kicker is Graham Gano with 19 points. He's a free agent, uh, the, which I might pick him up right now after um, my kicker last week. Um, Kansas City, 24 points for the Almond Brothers. Josh Bynes, 26.25 points for Isaiah 4031 going into the defense. TJ Watt, 
24 points, uh, who was a free agent because I dropped him last week, but I just picked him back up um, because, um, yeah, John and I want him back on strong side, so he's on our team. 24 points. Buda Baker, 23 points for strong side. Devin McCourty, 23 points. He's a free agent. And Denzel Ward, 19.25 points for your worst nightmare, bringing the total to 389.15. So average, average week. Yeah, average week. And the reason I thought it was up is because I've been seeing a lot of stats this week, Matt, where just the passing numbers right now through five weeks has just been ridiculous. And I don't know if you've seen any of these numbers yet, but I, I you know, you mentioned the Trubisky effect, which is so true from week four. Uh, but according to Danny Kelly of the Ringers NFL Show podcast, this time last season, Tom Brady, who led the league in passing last year, he was averaging 286 yards per game. Uh, currently, through five weeks in 2018, 16 quarterbacks are on pace to finish over 300 yards a game. Wow. It's, it's nuts. Uh, here's, another, here's another stat. This is a tweet from Kevin Seifert of ESPN. The most touchdowns through five weeks of a season uh, – Last year, or so, so, so far, uh, 424 passing touchdowns through five weeks. Uh, the second place finish was 2015 with 404. Wow. Do you but think not, this, is this a rule change um, deal? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you could always blame that, but I mean, if, if you know, people say you know, the rules make it easier for receivers and things like that, I think that's part of it. But I just think really – a lot of the, the scheming is moving toward a passing game. You're seeing fewer and fewer bell cows. Running backs are being used out of the backfield as, as receivers. Uh, so they're just – teams are moving the ball up the field at a, at a faster, more volume – or higher volume rate. Um, so I, I just – I don't know. I think these numbers are going to continue to rise. Um, let's move on here in the standings. I, a bunch of changes, I feel like, from last week to this week. We have a new first-place team – uh, Matt, what were your thoughts looking at the standings as they corrected themselves after a couple of days here? Um, you know, no big surprise that that Jake is uh, is on top. Still, just shocked that Zach and Brian are um, 919 points on the season, which is the second most points in the league, but they're one in four. Um, right. So they're they're down there with the Almond Brothers at the bottom. Just to see them and see IDP still suck at two and three, that's that's the big surprise. That you know, there's two wombat teams in the top three. That is that's been the shocker so far for me, uh, and not anything about those guys individually, but just that both of those teams, the two big rivals in our, I would say that's the biggest rivalry right now, and not even because it's kind of organically happened, but it's been manufactured by both of those teams to be the biggest rivalry. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I would yeah. say, and so they're both sitting there at two and three. This is perfect. Well, they're actually, yeah, four and one, um, 790 points for West Coast Wombats, which is the third or fourth worst point total. Right. But the points against is so low that they're, they've just been able to win a lot. I, I just, this, this, the, these standings, you're going to, they're going to turn around so much as the year goes on. Um, we didn't move at all. We won this week and stayed at number six. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the points for things interesting. You mentioned West Coast at only 790. They're one of, the, like you mentioned, the the lowest point totals, but they're sitting there at third. And some teams that are sitting there at the bottom, like H&F 919, like you said. Almond Brothers, surprisingly, at 863.4. I'm just – a lot of these numbers don't really add up. But I always like to look now at the waiver budget since we've moved to FAB. And, you know, you, you like you said, you last week, you guys spent most of your budget in that one week. Um, so it's going to take a few weeks, I think, for us to see kind of what the moves you and John made will pay off. But East Coast Wombats, $35 left, and that's it. And so, you know, if they're in second place, they're in second place. They must be doing something right. Yeah, I just – I really think there's going to be a lot of turnaround as the season goes on. You can't look at those points for and points against and not see that Greg Coe's going to go up, H&F – uh, barring barring some of these, you know, Dalvin Cook issues or things like that, H&F should start to rise. Um, and the Almond Brothers, I mean, they're 863 points, and Tom Brady's starting to get his receiving core together. Right. Um, you've got to think that the Almond Brothers are going to start climbing the standings. Is there anything at all worth mentioning when it comes to the league pick em? We'll move right past it, if not. Um, you know, just to, not to toot my own horn or anything, but – I've moved up to fourth place 
with 19 points with a five and two week. Other than that, uh, you and Zach hanging out at the top still with Reed. Yeah, and you guys have doubled your chances because it looks like I think did John take a week off maybe or is he? It looks like he's participated every week, right? John has participated every week, but he was two and five um, last week, so he might as well have just stayed at the beach and taken a bye week on that one. Hey, two weeks are two heads are better than one, I should say. You guys both have a chance. I mean, as long as you're participating throughout every single week, I think you give yourself a chance. Reed Garrison, though, co-manager of East Coast Wombats. Sitting there at third place, he's one point out. So, he's actually – he's tied for second. So, uh, I, that's a shock for me. Yeah, I, think, I think all of our jokes about is Reed going to show up, is Reed in the league, all those things. I think he, he has come in this year and he is motivated. He's ready to go. Yeah, let's put all those to bed. I don't know how quickly Zach would want to put those to bed because I know he enjoys that storyline. Um, but we'll, well put what, – What's probably happening now is Reed is probably running the team and Ross is not doing anything which is why East Coast Wombats is sitting in second place. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have figured it out. So when it comes time to interview them, let's just reach directly out to Reed and have him come on. That will be a blockbuster interview. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, let's do this. Let's do Let's move on to the fab recap. Super light week, Matt. And, I mean, speaking of East Coast Wombats, they kind of dominated here, the fab from this week no really big names or at least uh, high dollar spends here but Eli Manning uh, for one dollar goes to East Coast Wombats and H&F and Gregco both put one you know zero dollars down so East Coast gets another uh, below average quarterback I'll say they've had Tannehill they've had Joe Flacco and now Eli Manning on their squad so far so uh, they get another quarterback Willie Sneed the fourth Goes to Greg Cope for seven dollars. That was the biggest spend of the week, and uh, the only other bid there was Kemp's crew at three bucks. So uh, Greg wins out on Willie Sneed. Matt, I feel like Willie Sneed is the guy that I think maybe it was just me, but I'll speak for a lot of people. I think a lot of people over the last three or four weeks saw Willie Sneed sitting there uh, in the players to add. So on Monday nights or Tuesdays when they were going to add a player. I think people did a double take at Willie Sneed multiple times. Did you? Um, I don't. Not in the last couple of weeks because we're we're not doing too bad on wide receiver. But um, but yeah, I mean he's you know he's been double digits all but one week this year. So that that's a good pickup for seven dollars. It's just I, I, Baltimore's receiving core. You have no clue. It's kind of dealer's choice at this point. You know they have Crabtree and John Brown's been great for them uh, so far. I mean the guy's such a deep threat. So you really don't know with with Joe Flacco especially. So I that's why I haven't picked up Willie Sneed. I can't really trust the guy. He's been kind of like a Tajay Sharp type for them, where they really just throw to him on third down. But uh, he goes to Gregco for seven bucks. And then the last one here, and this dude is like the hand me down player for CMB. This is a guy that you see tossed around a lot. Not even just this year, but of the last couple of years. Jalen Rashard, running back for the Oakland Raiders, goes to ECW for five bucks. Next highest bid, Kemp's crew at $2. So uh, Jalen Richard, who is uh, the number two there in Oakland, really just a pass catching back. So he gets PPR points, but goes to ECW for 5 bucks. Yeah, they're just trying to add depth with that. I will say with Eli Manning, I, I, was, I was surprised that Eli Manning – I mean, this is like, oh, how the mighty have fallen when somebody goes for $1. Um, but I looked back at his last few weeks and – He's had 24 points, 19 points, and 24 points, and that's not bad for a backup. Um, if he if he and Odell Beckham can get on the same page and and Saquon keeps catching passes, that's that's not a bad backup to have. Yeah, and really, I mean, this week for Fab, we mentioned just those three players. There there weren't any non competes worth really even mentioning. It was a really light week, uh, but that is our Fab recap of uh, week six. And, man, we're, we're getting to that time. Matt, let's go ahead and do our picks of the week. And I don't know, let's, let's do something different. Let's add a – let's maybe do like a lock of the week. So, if there's a matchup where you're, just, you're locking it up, uh, we won't call it the lock it up segment because that's already been taken. But um, maybe do a lock and then let's do some bold predictions. What do you say? Uh, you got some bold predictions today? I, I might have a few. Um, maybe just organically as they come, I'll just, I'll just toss one out. Yeah, but, okay. We'll just do our normal. We'll do our normal uh, picks of the week here. Picks of the week.
Big Orange Bullies, number nine, versus West Coast Wombats, number three. No name for this matchup, but I'm going with Big Orange Bullies. I, Matt, I'm not expecting a huge game for Corey Davis for Chase, but I'm also not expecting big games from pretty much anybody on West Coast Wombats. Baltimore has given up the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs through five weeks, and Derrick Henry has not gone over six points yet. So, and he's you know still sitting in West Coast Wombats starting lineup. I also really like Jarvis Landry at home against the Chargers for Chase, which is uh, why I'm giving it to him. Yeah, this – I mean, you said we're going to do locks this week. I had this written down that this is absolutely my lock of the week. That Big Orange Bullies is going to take out West Coast Wombats. I mean, you look at their, you look at their points. Four, um, this has to end. This has to end. Uh, Jared Goff's just had some amazing weeks for them, but that's going to slow down. Brandon Cooks is injured, um, so he, and so he's, he's not doing that great. Um, Derrick Henry, man – I want I want Derrick Henry to do great. I'm an Alabama fan and a Titans fan, but it's been rough watching Derrick Henry this week. He just looks slow, right? When he when he hits the, he doesn't hit the hole hard. He he just looks slow right now. Um, this is a lot. Big Orange Bullies. Oh, locking it up, locking it up. This is it. For All right. Me. Uh, next one. This is East Coast Wombats. The other Wombats sitting there at number two versus the Almond Brothers. They're at fourteen. I'm calling this one Sharks versus Jets. So, and I'll, exp- I'll explain. This is obviously Almond Brothers with James, the Shark Facts. Yep. Versus Ross, I know for a couple of years in a row, wore this Tim Tebow Jets jersey. Do you remember? Yeah. This is yeah. kind of a deep cut reference, but yeah. uh, this is Sharks versus Jets. Yeah, I like it. I like the Sharks one for sure. Yeah, going with ECW on this one, and only really because ECW has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley against Tampa Bay, and they definitely they, – they have the second-worst secondary in the league, only behind Pittsburgh. Um, Fournette, like I mentioned, is still out, which really – that just means more carries for TJ Yeldon. And Yeldon scored 23 and 26 points in Fournette's absence so far over the last two weeks. So I, I like this one a lot for – East Coast Wombats, and I'm going to go ahead and lock this one up myself. All right, man, because I'm picking against you. I'm going with the Almond Brothers this week. Picking the upset. I am. I am. Um, like I said, I think Tom Brady is about to start being Tom Brady for the year. I think Josh Gordon's going to start coming around. Um, he's got Edelman back. I, I just I feel like Tom Brady is going to start pulling them out of the out of the bottom of this league, and they're doing one of those things like H and F does, where they keep one of their defensive players on a bye week in their lineup, um, and just kind of sit and wait. So the predicted points isn't exactly accurate because if they need it, they'll pick up another defensive player before Monday Night Football and um, and kind of pad those stats a little bit. So I'm going to go with Almond Brothers. All right, next one here, Isaiah 4031, number 12 team versus Tecmo Power Runners, fifth. This one is Eagles versus Browns. I mean, it's so easy. This is mm-hmm. you know, the biggest Eagles fan we know and the biggest Browns fans that we know with, with Jeff and Rob. This, Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't picked this one yet, Matt. I'll let you go first. Well, first of all, is there any team in the league that's more fun to watch than the Cleveland Browns right now? Uh, no, I mean, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that's true. That's true. But just the intrigue of watching the Browns and how close every game is. Right. I mean, the Chiefs are just mowing through everybody right now. But um, but the Browns, man, they are so much fun to watch. Um, anyway, so there's a shout-out to the Browns for Tecmo. Uh, and I want to pick Tecmo, the Tecmo Power Runners. Michael Thomas is on a bye this week. And uh, Tecmo's running, running back position is just so far ahead of Isaiah 4031s that I think Tecmo Power Runners win this one easy. I want to be contrarian and pick Jordan, but I'm going to go with Tecmo as well. Jordy Nelson's actually been, you know, hotter through first couple of weeks that we thought he'd be. You know, he's been, you know, 29 points, 17 points, 14 points, but I, it's just it's not enough to get it done. Like I mentioned earlier, Freeman's probably going to be out this week for Atlanta, so that, that doesn't really do Jordan any favors. Um, and I think David Johnson's starting to kind of come into his own. Uh, 19 points, 21 points in the last two weeks. So I, I think he'll he'll pick up his numbers. Uh, so I'm going to go with, with Tecmo as well. Next matchup, this is Kemp's crew, the newly first-ranked team versus your worst nightmare, sitting there at number 11. This matchup is the Toilet Bowl. And again, kind of another deep cut, but Jake, ever since Jake told me that, or told the group 
that he made the trade with Kevin while he was, I think he said he was sitting on the toilet. So the first trade of the year where they swapped running backs and tight ends. I remember there's like the Zach Ertz trade. Yeah. Jake did it from the bathroom at a comedy show. <laughs> nice. Uh, so this one's the toilet bowl. Who are you picking on this one? Um, well, I'm going to go with Kemp's crew. I th- Mark Ingram comes back. Your worst nightmare wins. Mark Ingram goes on a bye week. Kemp's crew wins. So I think, I think that's going to be, that's good. That's all it takes. In, in my opinion. I'm going to be different here. I'm going to pick Kevin. Hey. And, only, and only because I really like – so the matchup of the week in terms of points for the NFL is definitely going to be Atlanta and Tampa Bay. You're, these are two awful secondaries. Right. Mike, Mike Evans is just going to torch Atlanta secondary. And Austin Hooper, who really hasn't put up a lot of big numbers this year, has a chance to do really well against Tampa Bay, who they've given up the second most points to tight ends in fantasy so far. Uh, so I like those two guys for Kevin. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes um, just is still on a tear. Uh, didn't have a huge week against the Jags, of course, but that's the best defense in the NFL. So I, I expect really big things out of Kevin this week, which is why I'm picking him. I like it. We've gone, we've gone opposites on a few today. Yeah, and I think you were surprised last week that I picked against myself. I picked Jake last week, so it's not like anything personal against Jake. I, I like Jake's team a lot. I just This one's for Kevin. Give it, give it to Kevin, if you will. All right, next matchup. This is my matchup this week. I'm sitting there at number 10. Moved back a few spots from last week, but I'm still optimistic. Playing Dragon Energy, who is in fourth place. They're, they were in first for a while, Rish was. Uh, his name's Dragon Energy this year, but I will always know Rish as Rish's Rainmakers. Um, so this matchup is the Rainmakers versus the Pacemakers. <laughs> that's, that's your best name of the year. You think so? Better than uh, the battle for Sue? That that was good. Yeah, oh, we have yeah, the yeah. Listening to Zach laughed after the battle for Sue. That was good. The the pacemakers though. That's like we used to always joke. That was the nickname uh, for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who wins? Who wins in rainmakers versus pacemakers, Matt? Oh man, um, I unless you pull off a fantastic tight end trade, um, I'm gonna go with Dragon Energy. Got to pick against you, man. Well, I mean, everything you just said about Tampa Bay and Atlanta and Matt Ryan's, Matt Ryan's up. I mean, I think it's going to be hard. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming in. He's starting to, he's starting to get on fire. And it, throwing touchdowns, catching touchdowns, I'm going to go with Dragon Energy. Rish has a lot riding on Cincinnati. He's got A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd in a starting lineup. And uh-huh. then Buck Allen is – right now obviously splitting time with Alex Collins my running back and Buck Allen is a touchdown needy back I mean he's he's in a running back by committee and a a goal line back at that started out the season with 14 17 17 weeks and then six since then six and 11 point weeks so I don't like Buck Allen this week against uh, the Titans who have given up only the third fewest fantasy points to running backs this year uh, which you wouldn't believe after watching them play the the Bills last week but I like myself. I'm going to pick myself in this one. I like it. I like the confidence. Matt, we'll go with your matchup here. Getting close to the end. Strong side sitting there at number six, you and John versus Greg Coe, number seven. I feel like Greg is like me, man. We're like some of the last remaining uh, solo acts in this league. But Greg taking on both you and John. Who wins this one, Matt? The only spot in the lineup that I don't like for us this week is I, I get really scared about Eckler being in our running back position. Um, but I haven't picked against us yet. I'm not going to pick against us again. I think our IDPs are playing really well. Uh, Buda Baker just went questionable today, which I hope that's not uh, – I hope there's nothing There's nothing bad about that. But, um, but – Woods for for the Rams has been a pleasant surprise for our team, Robert Woods. Um, so I'm going to go with us. I am also going to go with strong side, and not just because you're co-hosting with me and I need your help to be on here, so I'm not going to say anything bad about you, but I really do think you guys are going to win and win big. Uh, I'm going to admit this is my bold prediction of all the matchups we've talked about. Strong side will put up the most points of any fantasy team in our league this week. Wow. And you guys are going to do it with Aaron Rodgers, with Stephon Diggs, 
And oddly enough, with Austin Eckler, who you just mentioned, um, Eckler is has a ridiculous amount of touches here recently. I know he's kind of touchdown dependent. Um, not huge weeks recently, but he's kind of that boomer bust guy. And he's playing against Cleveland, who they've given up you know some numbers to running backs. But uh, the, where you're going to get the most points is Aaron Rodgers. Another bold prediction, Aaron Rodgers will have more points than Mitchell Trubisky had in week four. Wow. I, oh, man, I, this is nice. The first ever bold prediction, and uh, you're just being really nice to me. This is good. I really think Aaron – like, I'm serious. They're playing – they have the 49ers at home. The 49ers have given up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Ever since Jimmy G went down, I mean, they're tanking. They could – they possibly might have the first overall pick this year, the Niners, that is. Mm-hmm. And I just – I don't know, man. I, I, Greg, nothing personal. Love you, dude. But this is just – this is Aaron Rodgers' week. Well, and the other thing we know is that they're going to go for it on every fourth down. They're going to go for two um, – every time they score a touchdown because Mason Crosby is still their kicker this week. And right. Last week was an absolute nightmare. Next matchup here. This is H and F industries that we've talked about being just shocked. They're sitting there at 13th place and H and F playing up against IDP still suck who moved up into eighth place, uh, which is all contingent on a very close stat correction from last week, which will be finalized by the time we post this podcast more than likely. Mm-hmm. But before we pick this matchup, let's go into our call of the week. It's time for the call of the week. This next call of the week, I would say this is the matchup of the week. We're now joined by Jay Myrick, who has a matchup this week with HNF Industries. Jay, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well, and I'm very, very nervous about that correction. Stat correction, yes. What do you what do you feel when I say that this is the matchup of the week when, when you hear H and F Industries? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh I mean, I think you're right. I think that uh us versus H and F has always been a good matchup. Always been a playoff preview, and so you know, we're gonna give it our all this week to uh, knock off Zach and Brian. That's always our goal. Jay, I know you're an avid listener of the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast, so you know I've been asking everyone lately who their rivalry would be within CMB if they had to pick, because I think some people have rivalries in mind that might not fit the person. But would you say H&F is your rivalry if you guys have any? I would say that's undoubtedly true. I mean, they're, you know, the, the you know champions. They've won the league more than anybody else, and there's nothing sweeter than knocking off those guys. Does anyone else even come close? Is there a close second? Um, I mean, I don't know. Jacob may have somebody else in mind, but for me, it's always been the sweetest to knock off Zach and Brian in the regular season. I think a lot of people feel that way as well. Uh, but, Jay, first, I just wanted to ask you, so this is the first time we've talked to you since the draft. How's that Mariota jersey feeling? I know you, you won – you guys won the league last year, of course, but you got the, the jersey selection this year. Uh, how, how are you liking that new jersey? Well, Jacob actually got the jersey this time around. I got a Mariota jersey the first time he won the league. So, uh, but I'm sure he's, you know, enjoying it. And, you know, the Titans have been surprisingly good this season. So, you know, we're all excited and, you know, just uh, hoping that things just continue to look up for the Titans after a little bit of a down week. If you if you guys win again this year, a big if there. But if you do win, how are you guys deciding the uh, the jersey? Would it be the same as the first time around? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll go back to coin flip. That's what we did the first time. Right. And then the second time, it was like, well, since I got it, I might as well let Jake get it. So I, don't, I wonder what Zach and Brian do. I've never asked them. I don't know if they've ever said. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming Zach makes the, you know, the decision there. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, they've won so many. I, yeah, they have to have some kind of system down. Yeah, they probably have all the jerseys they've ever wanted. Hey, last thing I'll ask real quickly about HNF, and this is mainly just about Zach. Uh, I, I'm just answer this as honestly as you can, Jay. Is there? Do you guys? Do you and Jacob buy into a conspiracy that I am not allowed to refer to your team name on this podcast because we typically just refer to you guys as J and J? Have you guys even noticed that? Is, is do you guys think there's a trend there? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's it's it's fine. I mean, IDP still suck as a long name, so J and J is fine with me. 
Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to just let you know, confirm that there's no conspiracy. The commissioner of this league, who is also my co-host, has never you know, once told me that I'm not allowed to say uh, IDP still suck. It's the exact reasoning you just gave is why I call you guys J&J. Yeah, this is a long name. Yeah, all good. True, but long name. <laughs> let's talk about IDPs a little bit. And with that, let's talk about your draft strategy. So you, the last time we talked to you, you came on the podcast, I want to say the week or two weeks before the draft. And that was when you were, you know, came on, you guys had the floor and you gave your reasoning as to pick the fourth overall spot. You had the first option to pick and you guys went with four. Um, so what was kind of the strategy there? And uh, how did you feel about AB falling there at number four? Uh, I mean, I felt great about it. I mean, our strategy the whole time was that we liked the top three running backs, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson, and we liked Antonio Brown. And so picking it fourth, you know, we would be happy with any of those guys. I'm really glad that it wasn't Le'Veon Bell that fell to us because that would be a disaster. Right. So Antonio Brown has, has worked out, you know, pretty well. He's been, um, you know, kind of just slightly above average. He hasn't quite been himself, but he hasn't – quite been like Madden cursed yet so I'm hoping that the two touchdowns last week set him back on track was he who you anticipated being there at four or was he a guy you were kind of you had your fingers crossed to be there at four um no I really thought we were going to end up with David Johnson to be honest but I mean I was very happy when Antonio Brown fell I like the candid answer uh one one thing I think I was a little surprised by maybe you can kind of give me some more candid responses here so Amari Cooper you guys pick him round three pick four and then Russell Wilson, yep. round five, pick 10. What's been the frustration with Cooper and Wilson, and it really not anything of their own fault, it's just the situations that the Raiders and, and Seahawks are in? How, how frustrating have those two guys been for you guys? Cooper, well, I mean, Wilson has been – I mean, he has not lived up to, like, a fifth-round pick, but he hasn't – he's only had one, like, truly terrible game. Um, Cooper has been just miserable. He's, he's almost getting to the point where he's unstartable because – there are three games this season that he has less than four points. So it's like, that's completely unacceptable and like routinely being outperformed by guys on our bench. And so we're, we're quickly running out of patience for Cooper. I'm hoping that Wilson can, you know, find a way his offensive line, really it's not his fault can find a way to find something in themselves to keep him upright and help them do a little bit better. But um, Cooper, I think is quickly on his way to the bench. So and your your lineup looks this way, and it wasn't this way on draft night, but it's kind of evolved. But a few of these names were. So you have Amari Cooper, Marshawn Lynch. You guys had Jalen Rashard, I believe, last week or two weeks ago. And then you have Doug Martin as the handcuff to Lynch, of course. So as the course of the right. draft, the course of the draft went on, were you and Jacob talking about making you know making an investment in the Raiders' offense, or is that just something that kind of happened organically? No, that was just kind of what fell to us. I mean, Amari Cooper. There were a lot of people who were really psyched about him. They really thought that like John Gruden was going to feed him the ball, and that he was going to take a step forward this year. And so Amari Cooper was a player that we kind of targeted. Um, but Marshawn Lynch, you know, just kind of fell to us. We needed a running back, and he was the best available at the time. And then, like you said, you know, the Doug Martin is just handcuffed. So, you know. Who, who's been maybe a pleasant surprise on IDP still sucks so far through uh, five weeks? Um, to be honest with you, nobody is really stepping up too much. Um, Nick Virgil is a linebacker that we picked up off of waivers, like after the first, either the first or second week of the season. And he's gotten over 10 points every week. So he's, I guess, been the biggest surprise on our team. Right. Honestly, I mean, we're, you know, we're sitting there at like two and three and solidly in the middle of the pack. So we haven't exactly had a great season so far. I guess, you know, Marshawn Lynch has been better than I think he ended up where we drafted him. I can't remember which round we drafted him, but I feel like he's overperformed at least his place in the draft. But with Marshawn Lynch, you're always just kind of waiting on an injury. So you know, fingers crossed that things continue to, to go well with him. But I guess he's been kind of surprisingly effective, if like not exciting. And then I'd say Nick Virgil, you know, just a random linebacker you pick up off of waivers has been solid for us. Hey, Matt Suggs and Virgil, I, I guess. Matt Suggs and I are currently making our picks of the week, and we're we're picking this matchup of H and F versus J and J. Jay, you've been giving us candid replies all night. Who who would you pick this week uh, between you and H and F? Well, I mean, when you look at our, our 
lineups, you know, I think Phillip Rivers at Cleveland has a slight advantage over Russell Wilson. Um, I think Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen are about the same. Emmanuel Sanders is definitely has an advantage over Amari Cooper. Um, you know, running backs are, I say, are about the same for both teams. So, I mean, I think we're pretty evenly matched when you look at it, but I may give them a very slight edge just because they have more, basically because of Amari Cooper is just not trustworthy on our team and our lineup. But um, I think it, you know, it could easily go the other way. I think it's going to be another close matchup. It's probably good that Zach wasn't on this podcast, just given, you know, maybe some history there, but also with, with the matchup coming up this week. But if he were on, he would ask you to, uh, you know, he'd give you the open floor for a trade block request. Jay, anybody on the table right now that you're offering up on the trade block, or is there a position of need for, for J&J? Uh, well, yeah, we definitely have a position of need. We're definitely in dire need of, you know, like a RB2 or a wide receiver three. Um, right now our best backup running back is Isaiah Crowell. So that's not a good situation to be in. So we could definitely use another running back. And as far as trade bait, um, we don't have too much. I would say that anybody would really want that much other than Greg Kittle, the uh, San Francisco tight end. He's been actually pretty good this season. He's, um, had over, over 10 points for the five weeks. So it's even with Garoppolo going down, I think he's kind of become, the handcuff. In fact, we thought about starting him as our flex and taking out Amari Cooper. So um, I guess if you're in need of a tight end, George Kittle is solid and uh, we'd be interested in running back. I think I may know a manager from pacing your face that might need a tight end. So Kittle definitely guy might hit you up about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just let me know. (laughs) All right. Hey Jay, won't take up any more of your time. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Best of luck this year. It it just, it feels weird not seeing IDP still suck there in the top four or five. So hopefully you get back up there. Yeah, I know. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that this is just kind of a slow start to the season and everybody starts to pick it up. And again, I'm just, you know, praying that we don't have a stat correction because I think we only won by like 0.15 points last week. So really hoping that nothing uh, comes up on Thursday. All right. Best of luck, Jay. Thanks again. All right. See you guys. Isn't it interesting that um, IDPs has two tight ends that you would probably want in your fantasy league when everybody else is just dying to get one? Yeah. And I, the one tight end that I had, OJ Howard, who was healthy, really was playing like a backup tight end. So I'm, I was dead serious when I told him I wanted to trade for Kittle. So we, <laughs> you may see that happen before the week's over. I'll be on the lookout. And I also thought it was interesting that, uh, his backup running back that um, he was kind of poo-pooing on uh, was one of the All-Pros this week. How's yeah. that well? No, yeah, you're right. And, man, I, I don't know. I think that's the most doom and gloom I've heard, Jay. Uh, you know, I, I would say – I wouldn't say he's pessimistic. I mean, I think Jay by nature is just with his sports teams. So maybe it's crossed into fantasy. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard Jay like that. I, I still, though – Matt, maybe you'll agree. Jay's one of the best calls we, we have on this podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he is always ready to, um, to give, the, give the facts, man. He knows. He knows. It's, it's obvious why they've won as much as they've won. Well, and not only that, but you're not getting any sugar-coated answers. It's, 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 you know, when you're hearing it, when you're listening, it's Jay Myrick's opinion. That's right. Not, so. a lot of, not a lot of smack, though, although very, very – uh, very, very pointed on who their rivalry is. It's, yes. It's very obvious that they are zeroed in on this week. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I was trying to bait him into saying that maybe Pace in Your Face was like a secondary rival, but, man, they just they don't see me that way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of want to – I think I've been asking everyone who their rival is because I'm hoping somebody will say, oh, it's you, Pace, and then it just hasn't happened yet. So uh, maybe I'm not a threat. Well, don't ask me this week, but maybe another week. You can ask All me. All right. Once again, that was Jay Myrick of IDPs Still Suck. All right, Matt, following our conversation with Jay, I don't know if he influenced your decision at all, but who are you picking this week uh, between H&F and IDP Still Suck? Uh, um, I'm, I'm, go, I'm still going to go with H&F. Great interview, still going to go with H&F. Uh, I've been talking the whole podcast about Josh Gordon. I think, I think he is, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances that – that completely get him kicked out of the NFL. I think he's a great get. I think Minnesota's um, 
Minnesota against Arizona is a great defensive matchup for them. Uh, I'm going to go with H&F. I'm also going to go with H&F. I really want to pick J&J. I really do. Uh, but H&F right now, I mean, they have two receivers that have just been steady. Uh, Adam Thielen is the top-ranked receiver in fantasy right now. Here are his first five weeks, 16, 31, 24, 27, and 24. Uh, has been the best receiver, obviously, through the first five weeks in terms of fantasy value. And then Emmanuel Sanders has been steady as well. Um, so I, I like H&F a lot. Aaron Jones is a guy that everyone should be buying high on right now. If you're you know, in other leagues and you'd like to get Aaron Jones, go after him hard. Uh, Dalvin Cook is probably going to be out like we mentioned this week. But like we said, they have Latavius Murray now as the handcuff. So um, I like H&F a lot this week. And if I had time, if I, if I want to do another bold prediction, Matt, I would say that Amari Cooper for, for IDPs is going to have such a bad week, such a down week. Uh, and this is – they have one more week. This is the last week before their bye week. Uh, so they're playing Seattle this week. I think Amari Cooper has such a bad week that Reggie McKenzie, the GM, and John Gruden trade Cooper away from the Raiders. Wow. Well, can we write that down? If you want to write it down, I mean, it's on this recorded podcast, but I, I think they get he gets shipped out of Oakland. I like it. So I don't actually um, I don't like it. Roll Tide. I hate it. Um, well, what if he comes to Tennessee? Uh, I mean, I, I could I could go with that. All right, let's move on. Lastly, here volunteer voicemail. I know Zach wants us to read this number again, even though no one has called uh, for like the third week in a row. But um, well, we don't know. Did you check with him? Did anybody call this week? That's a good point. I didn't do that. But yeah. guys, please, this is it's getting embarrassing for me because it's <laughs> it's like a hit to my pride when I ask you guys to call in and no one does. But uh, the call in number for the volunteer voicemail again, 931-292-4848. It's 931-292-4848. Please call us. Please leave a voicemail. It doesn't have to be anything more than 15, 20 seconds, but uh, we want to hear your trash talk. We want to hear your your fantasy analysis, uh, whatever. You know your favorite cereal, whatever. Just call in and leave us a voicemail, please. All right, Matt. Lastly, here before we move on and call this an episode, tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. It's all you, man. You don't have a tweet of the week? I do not. I looked, and uh, you know I always like all the tweets for the week. And then I just kind of pull out the ones that that I want to use for something like this, and it was it was it was slim this week. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now. Mine's also kind of slim, um, so I'm just gonna find one. This is uh, it's not even this one's not even a tweet. It was it was a video that surfaced last week before we we did this episode or after we did the last episode. And this was a tweet from Good Morning Football, which is becoming probably like my favorite football show, airs in the mornings on NFL Network. Have you seen this video of Kyle Brandt, who's on that show, Matt? Oh, ranting about the Titans? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, I, so much of it was true. I couldn't even get upset. I need to play that. It's ridiculous that people don't give the Titans enough credit. Obviously, we, we've been up and down on wins. The last two seasons, we've had winning winning seasons with, with a big playoff win. you got to start giving the boys more credit, man. Like, there's 32 teams. There's not 31. Taylor, you're right. There are not 31 teams. It's about 27, 26 oh. to 27. Here we go. Personally, okay. I like it. But nationally, they think you're an offensive lineman on a team that they don't care about in a city they've never been to, whose identity they view as churning out redneck music and being Kansas City's barbecue understudy. What? They think yeah, your quarterback never says anything. Your teammates aren't winning them any fantasy titles or fantasy leagues. They think you got hammered by the Patriots and then tried to fix things by signing a bunch of Patriots castoffs, including your head coach. Mm. They think it was way more interesting that the Chiefs lost that playoff game then you won it they believe half the people in your stadium are still wearing eddie george and chris johnson jerseys half the people in america still think jeff fisher is your head coach they ask how could you want respect nationally when you're the third most popular team in your own state behind a losing college team and a hockey team i think you have a team that runs and hits and fights i hope you guys win because i would love to see it so my my tweet of the week though is taylor lewan's response and he responded to the tweet, and he put at Kyle Brandt, and it's a gif of Vince Vaughn from Wedding Crashers, and he's just saying, well, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. 
That's good. That's good. He got he got roasted a little bit when he got hurt this last week. Yes, after he called a shot. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that rant was fantastic. Yeah, really good work by Kyle Brandt and really good work by you, Matt. Really appreciate you coming on the last two weeks. Uh, I'm not really sure the status still feels kind of up in the air, but maybe we'll get Zach back next week. And if not, maybe we'll get uh, Matt Suggs back on. So appreciate you coming on, Matt. Hey, the uh, Zach count was one. You called me Zach once. Only once, and it will probably happen again if you come back on. So uh, big episode from episode 96. A lot of 96s. Shout out to Charlie Conway. Uh, rest in peace. Is Emilio Estevez still alive? I think so, yeah. Career's dead. That's what it is, right? <laughs> what are we doing for episode 100? Uh, to be determined. All right. Or to be announced. TBA. I like it. TBA, not TBD. We have some some ideas in mind, but uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Episode 97 next week. Maybe we'll have Zach back, but until then, let's do what Jameis Winston says. That's a W. That's E1. That's E1. That's a W.